Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 34 of Shades of Brown. And this week, we are all Apple. This week, this is this is the September 12th event. We're the uh, official Apple podcast now, as everyone likes to say. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're the official Apple podcast. Uh, we're going to start off, um, uh, of course, we're going to provide a link to the keynote video itself. So if, if you want to watch that, you can watch it uh, in the in the show notes that you can find at twoshadesofbrown.com. The first topic on the docket is uh, Apple's retail updates. Uh, Christian had some thoughts on, on what Apple calls, quote-unquote, uh, town squares. Uh, Christian, you go ahead. So essentially, Apple opened its uh, its event. This is in the new Steve Jobs Theater on in their um, Apple Park campus, which just opened up uh, this week. And so they started, you know, with a nice tribute to Steve Jobs. I actually thought it was really touching, you know. Hopefully now we can lay it to rest and let the man, you know, do whatever I guess happens after you die, and and we can just move on. I feel like that was a good a good like final goodbye. But right after they brought out what firstly what was the only woman to present at this event. Uh, this whole entire event was essentially white men presenting. Uh, two women, one on stage, one in a video. Um, Apple, you can do better here. And there's a Twitter thread, which I am going to link to in the show notes, where someone was essentially pointing out how it's a little creepy that all the subjects Apple was using for their, uh, like later on when they shot photos and the such or in their marketing ads was just like women of color. And it's they're like, it's a little weird to have all of these white men just kind of fawn after these these women of color in their photos and point out how they can make them look so much better with the new lighting effects or whatever on the new phones. Uh, definitely an interesting thread. Uh, you should read it. But what I really want to talk about is how they are. So Apple's been in the process of remodeling all of their Apple stores. They launched a new program called Today at Apple, which is essentially um, they would have like besides the usual like genius bar events where it's like how to use your phone and all that they would do like photo walks and teach you how to like do use proper or like how to take proper photos and they also have like local artists and the such come in so they had presenting um the senior vice president of retail angela arentz and she essentially was talking about how they envisioned these stores to be more than just commerce centers right they want them to be and as they called it town squares like town centers and that that's weird that's weird to be like say my store is the town hall this apple store is where the community can gather and learn all of these great things but at the same time give us lots of money it's like being too self-aware. They're, they're like, people go to Apple stores, right, to maybe just like use the computers and stuff. But like you're being too self-aware then. Because honestly, in, only only in big cities are town halls, commerce centers, right? Like in bigger cities, most people gather around a shopping area in downtown or such. But I, I grew up in a small town, right? The, the, the town hall is right by like a central park. And it's just like a swath of nature by like, cathedrals and churches and such right where they hold community events most of them aren't even like remotely commerce related and so for me when someone says like an apple store is a town hall you don't know what a town hall is because that's not what a town hall is used for a town hall is where like people rent out for weddings or concert spaces and there's like a park by where people can hang out and stuff and it's 
it's gross. And honestly, if Apple wanted to, the better change here would just be to give libraries more money and tell libraries to be like little town halls. Or, uh, you know, like Apple should actually build more community spaces that are not their stores. Like they should uh, like like pay for like creation of parks or like uh, creation of like community spaces, community centers like, that are not stores by itself and not selling Apple products. Because as it sounds right now, it's just like, oh yeah, this is a store, but it's also a community center now. Like, no, that's that's not that's not what community centers are. That's not, you're, you're distorting the the purpose and uh, the sort of like the meaningful impact that community centers have on communities uh, to just to like for some good PR. And it's, it's, it just comes off as extremely, as you said, self-aware, way too self-aware of it. Uh, they, they realize that a lot of people do, do. There's a lot of foot traffic in Apple stores, like the, the store downtown uh, in Toronto is always busy. Uh, and I would imagine in big cities, uh, the Apple stores are fairly busy all the time. But that does not actually necessarily mean that uh, people see Apple stores as sort of like a community area. That's just uh, that's just not how that uh, thing goes. That's not the same association. They're trying to make the association happen in Apple. It's, that's, it's, it's not going to happen. Please stop. Uh, but they're going to go along with it. Uh, but let's see how that works out in the big cities. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to work out that well. Because especially to like in Orlando, right? You know where the Apple malls are at? By the tourist traps. Do you know where I do not want my town hall to be? By the tourist traps. Yeah, that's 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 awkward as hell. Like nobody wants nobody's gonna go there. Like nobody wants to chill in the middle of a tourist area. Like that's not that's not everybody's idea of one time. Uh, it's 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 definitely creepy. Like it, it gives all all this very corporate sort of uh, look how look how happy everybody is uh, at, at the stores and whatnot. Uh, it's it's creepy as hell. Uh, definitely the creepiest uh, one of the creepiest things that happened in this keynote there are creepy things oh no 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 there is uh, you, you know the image I'm talking about there there is creepier <laughs> there it's it's coming up um, our next so the next story it's 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 uh, is we're gonna be talking about the new Apple watch uh, the, we're gonna go in the order of the keynote uh, so the Apple Watch uh, Series 3 was announced, and this one has a model that has cellular. So you can now go outside with your cellular Apple Watch uh, and be able to send messages, uh, use data, like uh, LTE data, uh, and like call people, and like you know, do, do basically a lot of things that your phone could do, uh, but your watch couldn't when it was separated. So... So that's 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 basically the Series Three watch, and there's there's some processor updates uh, went along. Christian, what do you think about the? There's more storage and such too, but um, I think LTE is good. Prices, mm, that's a really big high price jump. And I was listening to uh, Back to Work, and Dan Benjamin was like, maybe if you buy Casio watches, this is still like moderately expensive. But for people who buy real watches, it's. Uh, not that expensive because it's 400 us right now for the lte watch i don't and that's for the 32 millimeter right it's not even for the 42 millimeter so i think that that's not great um hopefully prices start to go down but apple seems to be loving raising their prices recently um but what i think is interesting is the medical uses so they redesigned. So there's a new hard app in uh, WatchOS 4. We're not going to get too much into software because uh, we're going to talk. That'd be next week when all of the final builds have been released. But um, in WatchOS 4, there's a new hard app. It will notify you if it detects irregularities in your heart rate. And Apple says we're working with the FDA on uh, certain medical aspects. Um, 
I think that that's good. There's also a heart study that uh, you can enroll in later on in the year that's being run through uh, Stanford University, which I think is interesting. HealthKit has always had a couple of like public um, medical trials for collecting data and for uh, using this new heart app and all that kind of stuff, which I think is certainly an interesting use of the technology. I think the more medical uses, the better. So hopefully if if they can start to be more proactive about because so right now, right, they're using some sort they're using a bit of machine learning to track they're tracking your heart rate, they're tracking your movement data rate. And right now they just use machine learning to tell you when you should stand up or when they think that you've been sitting down for too long, right? They're letting Siri or whatever whatever they call their machine learning program nowadays. Um do some processing in the background for that. But I think that if they start to be more proactive and they say, hey, we're noting this regularity and we're comparing it to a database given given by doctors of a sample of people who have this heart condition, right? And it's matching up. Maybe you should go talk to a doctor, right? That's definitely where this starts to become more useful. Um, and I'm glad that they're working with the FDA on it because that means that they are actually serious about these medical uses, right? Because once you get into that, arena you have to start getting it certified in different countries as an actual medical device medical devices have are strictly regulated obviously in 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 a lot of countries and having like medical uses is 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 not a is not a trivial thing because there's stuff like liability and like you know like who's responsible if like it says something that it's not true or like it misdiagnoses something so like it's it's important that Apple will get it right. Uh, so they're still working on that. So it's not wholly available. Like the stuff it does is it's not like a like quite a medical device quite yet. But it's 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 on its way. Apple is working on that angle. Uh, they're focusing quite heavily on it actually. Uh, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what what they what they do with this uh, sort of uh, collaboration with the FDA uh, and whatnot uh, and Stanford uh, Medical. To get the like irregular heartbeat detection, maybe like a, a glucose monitor or whatever that uh, that was uh, rumored to be. Oh yeah, the check your like blood that. sugar right so people don't have to prick their fingers as I have diabetes, or also to tell you if your blood sugar is getting low on a regular pattern, and maybe you should go talk to a doctor about that. Right? Like it's the more the more sensors you put on these, the better you can get at tracking um, folks's uh, patterns. Right? And once you get to sleep too, right? I know there's a new Fitbit that has some sort of advanced sleep tracking, like sleep sleep apnea and all that sort of stuff, right? Like if you're able to track that, if you're like, hey, your heartbeat is just spiking while you're sleeping for no reason, or your heartbeat is just dropping for no reason, or your blood oxygen level is starting to go very low when you start sleeping, right? Like these are all useful things to tell people so they can be better better informed and be able to share it with their doctor right and have their doctor look at this data so they can be run better tests and all that kind of stuff it's it's, it's the an early warning uh, uh detection system is, is there's certainly a there's a market for that for sure uh we're looking forward to what they do and when the series three comes out we'll see uh and the next product on the list uh, next announcement was the apple tv uh, it's the Apple TV we wanted, uh, the Apple TV 4K. Uh, it's been updated with uh, new hardware uh, that supports uh, 4K with HDR, uh, high dynamic range, both uh, both uh, Dolby Vision and HDR. Uh, what is it? HDR 10, I think, is, is what it's called. Uh, so it supports uh, HDR like fully, uh, the current standards of HDR, uh, and it's. 
it's, it's cool. It's an it's an Apple TV, uh, and it is much needed update. Christian, I think you have an uh, an Apple TV. I have soon. a current uh, Apple TV. I do not care about the processor updates because. Um, Games, I guess. I don't know. Where's the, if you know if Apple wanted to be serious about games, they would stop inviting all these indie devs, and they would just go to like Bungie and be like, put Destiny on the thing. They're not really focusing on the games. Like they don't have exactly. They, they, that's why. That's why it's weird because they always have like someone come on and demo a game, and I'm like, if, if you, you don't care, Apple, so stop pretending like you do. If you did care, you would go to Activision. You would get Call of Duty and Destiny on this. And you ship it of a controller that isn't shit. Yeah, it's really weird. Like they pretend to care about games on the Apple TV. Like they don't even have a, like a controller that's decent. Like they don't ship a controller with it. It's like nobody's nobody's buying this for games. Apple, like it's that's not a thing that's happening. I don't know why you keep doing this. Does somebody really want to buy games on the Apple TV? Maybe an app. Maybe an exec really really likes playing games on the Apple TV for some reason. But. Uh, there is so on the back of the device, they removed the USB C port and they added a gigabit Ethernet where before it had 10 over 100. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, oh, I'm, uh, I'm, this is, this is the update for me because, uh, like, I, last time, I, uh, last time there was an update to the Apple TV, they, they upgraded the wireless to AC, but they didn't update the Ethernet port, uh, to a gigabit Ethernet port, which is really, uh, was really unfortunate. But finally, they updated the gigabit port. They lost the USB C port. Uh, so people are like, how are we gonna get like screenshots of the thing? Like, it's it's gonna be a bit, uh, I don't know, like, I guess a bit hard for reviewers to like do stuff and get stuff data off the thing uh, or examine it uh, cl- more closely. Uh, but it's that, that's the Apple TV. Like, it's cool. Uh, they also announced like uh, software and uh, stuff, but I'm not gonna focus on that. We're gonna focus on that uh, next week when all this stuff comes out. Uh, it is available, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna keep that off the podcast this week. This week's patron that you should support is Crow Moore's page. Crow's an artist; they do sketches and other types of art, which you can find at their portfolio website, thefishcrow.com. They also have a science fiction webcomic at crowblogs.com. Supporting their Patreon gets you access to their private sketches and abstract concept work. You can find their Patreon at patreon.com slash thefishcrow. That's patreon.com slash T-H-E-F-I-S-H-C-R-O. Back to the show. All right, now we are going to talk about the big, big stuff that everybody's everybody's been you know, waiting for and, and how the rumors have been circulating. Uh, we have the iPhones, uh, multiple iPhones. We're going to start with the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus. Uh, Christian, I'm going to let you start with this, uh, this one. What do you think about this? Okay, so the iPhone 8 and the 8 Plus use a similar design. So... I want to say at this point, it's not the same design, but it's like the same design idea, right? Where it's just sort of like this slab, rounded kind of shape thing. But the problem is that Apple's using it on all their devices, right? Like, in one weird way, you can tell if you look at a MacBook, you look at an iPhone, that they're like made by the same people if you're just looking at, if you're not even looking at the logos, right? Like, Apple has built their own distinctive design aesthetic but that goes between devices apple's always had their own distinct design aesthetic right but the laptops always looked way different from the phones just looked way different from like tv stuff which way different from the ipads right like the apple logo was like the unifying thing but right now like they all have this sort of like i want to say it's futuristic sort of like 
science fiction-y. So there's like two ways of doing it, right? You have Microsoft, where Microsoft, they'll show you the notches, but they'll make them look really pretty, right? So like on the surface, there are, you can see seams and you can see like actual buttons and stuff, right? And they're very, like, Microsoft doesn't shy away from that, right? You open the kickstand and you can see the little gears used to lock it in place, right? But they make it look pleasing, which Apple takes the opposite way of doing a sort of futuristic-esque um, device. And it makes it so every there are no hard edges. Everything just kind of blends together. So I don't think it's bad. I also don't think that changing a phone design every year is something that really matters because laptops have stayed the same and it does, it works. Like only change it when you have something that's better, right? Changing your phone design for the same for the, for like changing it is not a great idea. Samsung's learned that, right? From the the S seven looks like the S eight, which looks like the S six. They're just all it's all on the screen, right? But so with this device, there's a new processor, new camera. Apple's doing good stuff. New machine learning, uh, uh, co-processor on the A eleven unit. Um, it's an iPhone. You know what you're getting, better or worse. But the, so there's a glass back, which I think is interesting. I like the new gold color. I think the new gold color is very, very good. Um, it looks weird in the leaks, but it, it looks, now I've seen it, now we've seen like actual photos of it. I think it looks great. But with the screen, they're using True Tone, which I like. Um, True Tone, for those of you who don't know, is they have a sensor on the front of the screen that will detect the lighting of the room and it'll just change the color temperature of the screen to uh to match the room so say for example you have like a really yellow light it's going to bump up some of the colors so that the white point stays to what uh to i think srgb is the spectrum they use right so like what the ideal srgb white point should be apple started doing that on the ipads and now they're rolling it out to the iphones i'm sad that there's no promotion promotion is essentially is when the refresh rate being 120 hertz because that's really interesting. Like, have you used one of the iPads with that? No, I haven't. But from what I've heard from people, that it's it's quite a significant difference. Uh, and I would imagine because it's very one twenty FPS is 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 actually quite smooth. Uh, it's a noticeable difference. And what like the, the you mentioned the glass back. So with the glass back, uh, it, it uh, wireless charging comes to the iPhone. Uh, finally, some people would say, I guess. Uh, so they're using the, the industry standard for a wireless charging called Qi charging. Uh, so it's going to work with existing uh, Qi chargers. Uh, Apple is going to be releasing uh, a, a little Qi charger sort of pad uh, next year called the Air, called Air Power, uh, which can charge like your watch, uh, your phone, uh, like it's all at the same time. So it's uh, and your uh, AirPod, AirPod little case with with the optional uh, charging case. Uh, so let's talk about the camera for a second. There's some new camera features, uh, new uh, 12 m- uh, megapixel camera, uh, dual cameras on the on the 8 plus uh, f 1.8 aperture. No optic Im- image stabilization though on the 8 plus or the 8, which is interesting. It does have uh, optical image stabilization. Uh, oh, really? No, no, no. I'm reading I, the oh, Max okay, Service page on it right now. Yeah. Um, the, I think I think on the X then it's both cameras have OIS. Yes, yes, both cameras on the on the X have OIS, but yes, uh, the iPhone eight and eight plus uh, one of the cameras, uh, the main camera, I suppose, uh, has uh, OIS, and also there's a, there's a new f- uh, effect or feature that uh, Apple is shipping with with this uh, with this phone 
called a portrait lighting, which which is the uh, same depth sensing technology uh, that was used by the portrait mode last year, and like it allows you to manipulate like the lighting conditions um, in in, in your, on on your picture in some interesting ways. It uses the uh, new A11 a bionic chip uh, that they're calling uh, to detect like faces in the foreground of photos and like manipulate the lighting around them. Uh, you can create like spotlight uh, effects and, and whatnot. Uh, there's also like a new quad LED uh, true tone flash uh, stuff like that. Uh, that that's like also video uh, video. They're going to be able to do 4K video at 60 frames per second, which is which is really like quite something. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's significant. And slow motion at 240 now, I think. Yeah, 240p. Uh, uh, two, sorry, 240 FPS at 12, 180p, which is which is extremely cool. The slow motion feature is, is a really nice, that's a nice little feature. Uh, it's, uh, it's, there's also, they're going to be using like the Apple, new Apple video encoder and the ISP is going to have like stuff for using motion blur. It's like the camera is getting much stronger. And that is also obviously the last thing for the camera that I want to mention is the focus on AR. Uh, AR is, is obviously a big focus uh, this year with Apple. Oh yeah, the um, with the A11 Bionic chip, they they I think so. They're now doing their own GPUs um, before they license them out from uh, Imagine Technologies, I believe. And so this one's completely made in house, and they have I think a couple of coprocessors to handle AR processing or to to lighten the load on that. So these cameras are essentially made for AR kid, and I think that's really interesting because um, hot take. AR is better than VR in terms of practical applications. Yeah, definitely. That's not that's not really a hot take. That's that's more like a, a lukewarm take because that's actually how it is right now. This is like VR is expensive, and uh, put like Apple putting AR into the iPhone means that it's shipping to millions of people uh, uh, who are going to be buying this device. Right? It's 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 a widespread deployment of AR uh, across the board, and that's not that's not something VR can really boast about yet. Uh, so, so that's 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 something to be watching. Like, uh, developers are certainly going to pay attention to AR because it's it's going to be available on so many devices. Uh, there's also another interesting little fact: uh, the both iPhone models uh, are not capable of fast charging. So, this means that if you have one of uh, Apple's 29 watt uh, or higher USB C power adapters, you could just uh, you could charge the iPhone 8 or 8 Plus uh, up to 50 percent power in just 30 minutes. Uh, which is which is cool. Uh, I, I don't think the iPhones had a fast and they even have fast this. charging uh, through the um, what's it the fast the wireless charger as well. They uh, I think it's a different Qi standard, right? So I think only for like the first half hour it bumps up the uh, the voltage that you're getting through the wireless pad. That's, that's cool. So it's it's, it's going to be also. I want to I want to know have we have we figured out yet if that new AirPods case means you have to buy new AirPods or do you use it for your existing AirPods? Because I haven't found it on the Apple Store yet, I was trying to look for it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about the like the sort of uh, intricacies of the new. It says like an optional uh, AirPod. Is it like a add-on to it, or is it like a separate case? Uh, I don't know. That's the thing, right? Because like I was telling you yesterday with AirPods, how you pair them, right? There's a button on the case you use to pair the individual buds themselves to your phone. So, like, if if I is there like some sort of contact point? Or if I put new Air, AirPods in a new case, it changes the host case. Like, how I don't know how this works. 
Yes, I, 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 I think that's probably what's happening. Like, I'm not sure, but that's that is probably what's what's going on. Like, if you if you buy the optional case, you just have to like put the put the AirPods in the case once, and it will like automatically uh, switch over. I guess host cases, as you mentioned, uh, is this going to be interesting to notice? Uh, the uh, the charging mat uh, is is not available. It's not going to be available this year. Uh, it's going to be available next year. So that's. That's gonna. That's still a lot of love. Apple said Series Three watches can charge on it, which is really particular. I don't. I guess the new, the old Apple watches. I think they switched over from Qi, from whatever Apple's using to Qi now. Yes. Uh, so the I guess the Series Two uh, or the Series One don't have like the required uh, circuitry, maybe uh, to support uh, wireless charging. Like it probably Qi probably requires some. Uh, specific circuitry inside the phone, like hardware, uh, not just. Uh... Yeah, because so like right now, for people who don't own an Apple Watch, they do wirelessly charge, but Apple never said what standard you're using. So I guess with the uh, with the uh, Series Three, they're going to be switching over to Qi. Yeah, it's, it's so I guess they're switching away from some whatever proprietary standard they're using right now um, to to the Qi standard, which means that there there are existing. Like there are existing power mats already, so you can probably like, yeah, like a Samsung one will work with the with the iPhone. Samsung also uses Qi. That's interesting. Apple's using a standard. I still I don't believe it. What twenty seventeen? What a year! <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, been, it's interesting that the, I, I'm glad that they picked a, a standard that is uh, available. Uh, the standard that's been adopted by uh, everyone. So this just means that. Yeah, everybody's just going to switch to using Qi charging, like even Android phones that that's, that stop doing Qi charging and switch to metal bags. They're probably going to switch back to glass bags uh, and whatnot. Um, and now we're gonna we're gonna move on to the, to the big news, uh, the news that was sort of like everybody was talking about it uh, beforehand. Uh, the new uh, sort of like redesign of the iPhone, uh, the iPhone. Uh, X, or as they're as Apple is calling an iPhone 10, uh, the iPhone 10 um, is is like has a minimal bezel, uh, like all the other flagship phones this year. Uh, minimal bezel, uh, OLED display. Uh, uh, they have a cameras like dual cameras on both sides. It's it's it's. It, do they have dual dual cameras on both sides, or is it just like the other one side has uh, dual camera? They, well, the first one has an actual camera, but there is an array of an IR sensor, a dot matrix scanner. Like, there's like a bunch of sensors on the front that essentially let it do the same thing you get by the same depth sensing effects or whatever you get by adding a second camera. Uh, so the OLED, uh, so the so this new uh, device, uh, the OLED display is, is really, uh, Apple is claiming that it's, it's, it's an extremely good. Uh, OLED display, like a million to one uh, contrast ratio, wide color gamut, you know, like 3D touch. They're calling it quote-unquote super retina. Oh, do, 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 does the word super even mean anything anymore? I don't know, but uh, that's what they're calling it. Uh, there's also, like, there's uh, the, the, the home button, the, the home button that has been around since the beginning uh, is no longer there. Uh, you you use uh, different gestures uh, on the screen itself to to do stuff like bring up the ta- the multitasking uh, interface uh, and stuff like that. Christian, what do you have to say about this uh, device? 
It's a uh, WebOS. It's the Palm Pre. Um, so WebOS, rest in peace, may it forever be blessed. Um, essentially, it worked the same way. So how it works is there's going to be like a little white strip at the bottom of the screen. You just swipe up from the top to close an app and you swipe up like halfway, you just flake up halfway and it throws you right into the stack of cards for multitasking. Um, I honestly don't think it's that big of a break as having a button. I think people who are getting upset about it have A, haven't used the device and B, it works perfectly fine on WebOS. WebOS is great. So like this is, I would understand if we don't have something to compare it to, but if we're comparing it to WebOS, which died in 2010, right? 2011. And it was that long ago and it worked fine there. I'm pretty sure it's going to work great with Apple now. My only issue is that this now breaks the metaphor between iPhones and iPads. So on iOS 11, on an iPad, if you swipe up from the bottom of the screen, it brings up the multi, the uh, dock. So it's a different, the same gesture does different things across screen sizes now, which gets a little confusing. So because iOS 11 has a multitasking thing, right? So if you want to open an app from Split View, you swipe up from the bottom, you drag the app icon off the dock onto your screen, and you can place it for wherever you want to tile the app. Or if you want to move something from app to app, a drag and drop, right? If you don't have them in Split View, you can just drag the, um, the item onto the app icon and open the app from there. So that metaphor is now broken when you go down to an iPhone, which is a little interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting change. Like this, this. I mean, whatever, like this thing, like yeah, is it's, it's it's definitely a change from what Apple has been doing for for the last uh, for the beginning of the iPhone. Really, there's a lot of significant like the the button is is going away. It's, it's a very significant thing. There's also like control center is no longer from the bottom since, as I mentioned, get using from the bottom would be like bring up the uh, multitasking uh, switcher. Uh, so if you want the control center, you're going to have to swipe on a small touch target relatively at uh, the, the top right corner. Uh, well, the touch target. So look at you divide the screen in half at the top, right? The left half will open notification center. The right half will open um, control center. It's not just that notch, right? It's that general area. The touch target board is a lot bigger. You can get, you can swipe over like some of the notch itself, right? And it's still going to open control center. Um, I think we're also ignoring the point that there's now a huge notch at the top of the screen. Yes, I'm gonna. I was, I was about to get to that. Um, the notch uh, as at, at the top of the screen. So there's no bezel. Mostly there's no bezel, but there is a notch uh, at the top of the screen that has various sensors. So there's the IR sensor. Uh, various depth sensing sensors. Uh, there's the front-facing cameras uh, up there. So the so the sensors. Uh, that's that's one of the biggest things uh, coming with uh, with uh, the iPhone X. Since there is no more home button, uh, there is no Touch ID on the uh, iPhone X. Uh, that, well, for, before we get into before we get into that, what do you think about the notch? Because everyone seems to be it's really divisive. What, what how do you feel about the notch? Um, I, it's, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's not going to be as big of a deal as once, once this sh- device actually comes out in the wild. People, people are going to forget about it. Like your brain doesn't like, it's, it's really noticeable right now because it's like you're, you're focusing on the device, but like once you actually like have the device, you're going to get used to it. Like it's not going to be a big deal, right? It's, you're not going to notice that, uh, day to day use, uh, probably. And then also too, I think that it's more noticeable right now because of the fact that iOS still for whatever reason, doesn't have a dark theme, but there's a dark theme, right? And that it's all black. So if you had the status bar be completely black, it would blend into the notch and all you would see would be the timestamps and like the cellular and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth icons. Yep. 
Uh, so, so if it, there was, if it was darker, it definitely is less noticeable, but also as well, I think it's, I think this phone looks gadgety. I don't know what I mean by that, but like, whenever I look at, I keep looking at it, right? It's futuristic. It just looks like a gadget. Like it looks tactile. I don't know what this means, but that's what my mind keeps going to, right? Yeah. it, it It's definitely like a, like a sort of like Apple just like taking a step, like, like they're, they're trying a new sort of look for the iPhone. Uh, it's yeah, it's like the first time I picked up an iPod Touch, right? It just feels like something that like I guess it's because of the gesture interface and because of the fact that it's all screen. It's like the same time I picked up an iPod or a, like an iPod Touch or a Zune HD, right? It just invites you to just start touching with it and mess around with it and just see what happens. Like it's this kind of weird gadget feeling that I haven't gotten in a while, and I think it's a little exciting. Yeah, and it's it's definitely like it, it reminds like this all this this bezel less trend is reminding me of uh, phones that you see in sci fi like uh, like I was watching uh, the Expanse, uh, which is a very good show you should watch it. But uh, like phones in the Expanse, like phone like devices or like portable uh, computing devices, are like entirely bezel less. Like there's no bezel; it's like all glass or some uh, some other material, uh, obviously. So. It's 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 really like it's this is a futuristic look uh, for for this uh, device and it's definitely like that gadget feeling is, is definitely there. Um, so it's we're gonna be talking about the big feature here. Face ID uh, is the replacement uh, for Touch ID. Uh, face ID uses the sensors at the front of the phone to detect your face uh and measure its its depth and various uh factors and like then unlock your device and it's it's and it's gonna be used for stuff like uh Apple Pay and unlocking your device, uh, you know, buying stuff from the from the Apple store, uh stuff like that. So so Christian, what do you think about face ID? Um I think this is so they have on the notch, right, there's a myriad of sensors to help support face ID. There's um an IR sensor that'll shoot so there's a dot matrix projector or just a dot projector. So how it essentially works is that to scan your face, what Apple does at first, they scan a bunch of dots on your face and they use an IR sensor to calculate those dots, right? And those, and they have another depth sensing uh, sensor on it, right? That'll detect the space and all that. And then they obviously use a regular picture of it and they put all those together and they create a mathematical hash, I believe. They run some math to make a hash. And mind you, that hash is stored on the SEP that's the secure enclave and all that, right? So what Apple is doing, right? Once they store that on the hash, they don't, or once on the SCP, Apple, you can't read it. Applications can't read it. Only limited, very limited parts of iOS can read it, right? What it's not a part of the device you can write to. And so No, iOS, iOS doesn't uh read anything like from it. Like what iOS does is every time like uh I'll use touch ID as an example because it's basically the same system. Um, whenever you put your finger on it, uh, the system just sends that, like, it, the Touch ID sensor is directly connected to the secure enclave, so the, the data goes straight to the secure enclave, and the OS just knows if it's correct or not, like, if it's, like, a yes or a no, so it's, like, a zero or a one, right? Uh, so, so it's just, like, uh, that's all that is. The OS doesn't know the fingerprint, right? Uh, so that's that's basically how, like, it's, like, a sandboxed, uh, Hardware-wise, uh, software-wise, so uh, I imagine uh, how the camera may be like some of the sensors may be directly connected to the uh, to the secure enclave. I'm not sure. We're gonna have to wait for like you know breakdowns and stuff uh, to see what's going on. Uh, 
Yeah, so I imagine that this is probably going to work as well as Windows Hello, probably being a little bit more secure. Uh, well, asterisk. It will work as well as Windows Hello does because Windows Hello works very well on devices that have the right hardware for it, like the surfaces, right? Like the surfaces that have all those sensors for uh, that are essentially like connect light sensors that Apple's doing, right? Like this is the same thing that Connect had to track motion back in like 2008. Um, so obviously, I don't think surfaces have that kind of secure hardware in them. There's still probably some things Microsoft is doing to secure it. But this is secure in terms of the implementation, not in terms of the practicality of it. Because at the end of the day, using your fingerprint, using your um, face as a password is not the most secure way to go about it. Uh, shameless plug here. I'm going to link to an episode of Pentagonal in the show notes where we talk about this. Uh, because essentially, right, there's issues with you can't change your face if it's compromised. You can't change your finger if it's compromised. And also as well, if the police were to get your device right, just as much as they can put your finger on your device, they can also just point the device at your face. So people are saying this is any less secure than Touch ID. I feel like it's it's on the same vertical, right? You're not moving up or down in terms of practical security. Obviously, it depends on your threat level. It depends on all that. And iOS 11 does have the feature where if you hit the home button five times, it will disable Touch ID and it will disable Face ID. And so you're essentially... And it's really interesting how they do the wording for this too. They say... So instead of saying Touch ID or Face ID is disabled, let me do this one more time. They okay. say they say it's not recognized uh, as a valid... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it says Touch ID does not recognize your fingerprint. So I just did it on my phone. And if I do Face ID, it's also going to say Face ID does not recognize your fingerprint. So it's like interesting because in that way, you can just kind of be like, oh, this isn't my device. Or see, I have no association with it because it doesn't recognize my fingerprint. Apple's being a little sneaky here. And I like that. Yeah. I have a thread about this. Uh, I talked to some people on Mastodon about uh, the security implications and the sort of threat model uh, that Apple has been designing for 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 since the since Touch ID became a thing. Uh, so, uh, and uh, when Touch ID first came out, people uh, definitely made these claims that uh, obviously biometrics is uh, not as secure. It is a compromise uh, on convenience versus perfect security. Uh, and because most people before before Touch ID came out would not not even use a pin code because it was too inconvenient. Uh, whenever they had to unlock a phone, they had to type in their pin code. It was getting really annoying for some people, so they would just disable the pin code. So now people, what they do is just they have a strong passcode or a pin code, um, and they just just use a finger uh, just use the fingerprint all the time, and it's much much seamless, uh, much more easier to unlock your phone all the time. Uh, stuff like that. So it's like a compromise on convenience versus security. And Apple understands that Apple is not designing uh, for for a high security threat model. So if you have a threat model like a politician or like a security agency or like you know the corporate espionage or something, then then you're gonna then you're gonna have to disable Touch ID or Face ID using uh, MDM, uh, Apple's uh, device management software. Uh, because that is possible, uh, and people do do that. People do disable Touch ID, and uh, I guess in the future, uh, Face ID, because it, they don't want biometrics to be compromised. Uh, so, so it's it's not like it's not like Apple. I I don't think Apple is incompetent at, at security. Their track record speaks for itself, uh, and I, I think uh, like security concerns are real, but it's not like a valid sort of like feasible sort of threat model for the millions of people that are going to be buying. Uh, the iPhone X, uh, or even the t- devices with Touch ID. Uh, so we're gonna talk about the the uh, sort of a fun feature, I guess. Uh, Christian really likes this one. I think uh, it's it's called an emoji. Christian, you want to take this one uh, because this is yours. It enables for Sonos. <laughs> 
That's what it. So essentially, what this feature does, it uses all the face detection stuff, right? And it will essentially um, map your face to an emoji, and you can send like little short video messages, use them in clips or whatever, or use them in iMessage, or just send them out as videos on Twitter of you talking. There's also vocal effects you can do and all that stuff. Um, I think it's really interesting. I think it's going to be great for shit posting because I can literally shit post as a piece of shit. Uh, yeah, you, you can, and and the faces that Craig was making um, on the it were, were ex- extremely scary. Craig, please, please stop, Craig. You're gonna scare everybody. Uh, it was scary. I was, I was scared. Spooky. Yeah. So that's the iPhone X. Uh, children. I had to hide the children. It was not. It was not a good. A good time. Well, actually, I want to talk about some some little things. So, so if iOS eleven, right? Obviously, it's going to be shipping on the iPhone ten. Um, Apple has done some interesting changes to uh, UI Kit to support this. So, essentially, in the developer docs, they pushed them out yesterday. There's some videos they pushed on how to design for the iPhone ten. Um, what they're saying is ignore the notch, ignore the bottom bezel. And act as if they're not there. It's the saying, don't try to design with that in mind. Draw as little attention as possible to it. What they're also doing is that um, you might have to make sway. If you use storyboards, if you use uh, Apple's in-house supported way of doing iOS layouts and you're not like making custom buttons and all that in code, um, your app will automatically, as much support as possible, right? Support the new screen. Things might look a little weird still. So you might have to just do slight tweaks here and there. But as long as you're using Apple system for making apps, you're going to be good. Uh, what's interesting though, is that iOS now has as many screen resolutions to support as Android does. Yep. That's a- it's a lot of a uh, lot of devices to support because Apple is still keeping around like the SE. The SE is still around. Yeah, you have the you have the you supported devices are. I think it's all Retina now, but it goes from the SE to the uh, iPad Pro 12 inch screen resolution, and you're expected to support all those if you want to hit every point. Uh, so if you use Apple Storyboard systems, it's responsive by default. It's easy to build responsive layouts. Um, but also as well for the iPhone X. It's well, also for the iPhone 8 too. Uh, something we didn't mention, but I want to mention before we go is that they are making these devices a little thicker and are putting bigger batteries in them. Oh, I, I actually didn't know that. That's uh, that's that's a good thing, I guess, uh, because batteries is obviously. Uh, I wonder about the battery life on the iPhone 10 because uh, the, the OLEDs OLEDs are much more power efficient. Because like, if, if there's nothing like if it's if it's black, it means there's like the pixel is turned off, uh, stuff like that. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's more power saving and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm interested to see what what sort of battery life uh, the AMOLED, uh, sorry, the OLED display is, is going to have. Uh, another thing, uh, this is so, sort of software related, but this is kind of a big deal. Uh, the Apple kind of sneaked this on us. iTunes is is sort of like getting like a, a sort of like a they're stripping functionality from it. Like they're, they're I guess they're going to separate it out to different apps uh, now. Uh, like Like it's it's interesting. We're gonna wait till probably next week to find out what's what's what Apple is doing with iTunes. They haven't announced anything, I think, uh, about that. Uh, but that's that's the iPhones. That's the Apple keynote. Uh, if you if you have feedback, you can send it to contact us to uh, two dot com. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon at staticsafe at mastodon.zomboglass.com. Uh, we can talk about the Apple event if you want. Uh, a lot of stuff to discuss, obviously. Uh, Christian, where can we find you? 
Um, you can find me at C-C-O-O-C-H-O at C-Y-B-R-E dot space. Um, you know, hit me up if you want, if you want some takes, I, I, I hand them out daily. Uh, at this point, I'm going to start charging people to listen to my takes because I think it's a public service. Uh, at, you can, you can, you can buy Christian's takes just, just subscribe to his Patreon. Maybe, maybe he should do like a tier where he posts exclusive Patreon only hot takes. that will be a good idea. Oh my God. Beautiful. Wow, that's a great. Um, and with yeah, and with that, with that fantastic idea, and I think I'm gonna say goodbye. <laughs> Bye.